Hello, everybody. This is the Two Sides of a Coin podcast. My name is Nkosi. Joining me on this is my co-host, John. You want to say hi, John? Hey, everybody. So, we're just going to talk about a couple things. John is going to talk about food, while we're also going to talk about some things that are going to bring us a little bit back in time. Because this week, we're going to talk about the top five movies that help shape our childhood. So hopefully you hear these movies and you'll understand a little bit more about me and John. All right. Mm -hmm. So John, take it away with your food. So today, ladies and gentlemen, I bring you to Indian cuisine. The name of this restaurant is called Namkeen. Now, Namkeen is located in Brooklyn, but started in the good old state of Jersey. New Jersey is where Namkeen originated from. I've been to the um, New Jersey location, but before I went to the New Jersey location, I met the little brother in Brooklyn, Bedford Avenue. And I tell you, I was, at first, I wasn't really too into it, Namkeen. I mean, I only, at the moment, I had only had their chicken sandwich. I wasn't really too sold on it just yet. But the one thing that spoke out to me and It was one of the dishes that they have. And after going constantly back and forth to this place with friends and coworkers and family. Yes, I have a shout out to um, my cousin, Eddie. You the man. Thank you for introducing me to Namkeen. And their macaroni and cheese. Now, they have a spin on with their macaroni and cheese dish. And it is one, it's all white cheddar. And it is toppled with the buffalo chicken, which is spicy. Yeah, that chicken is spicy. But if you are not a fan of, if you're a fan of spicy food, but not the, the 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 crazy hot stuff. Definitely, most definitely, you want to try this Namkeen's mac and cheese because the one the garnish that they top it with is the mint chutney. Now, mint chutney is a popular um like a dip garnish amongst at all Indian restaurants. And I tell you, I tried to I tried to make it myself. I got close I, I got close the first time, and then I, with a little help from my cousin's wife, I was able to hit the nail on the head. And it oh, it's a type of dip you, you you can't keep in your refrigerator for long. I learned that, and but. 
the mint chutney with the level of spice that you see at in whenever you go to any Indian restaurants, well complimented. It makes the spice like like savory and delectable. You know, I mean, Namkeen is a restaurant I feel definitely should franchise more. You know, like I, I would love to see a Namkeen in the Bronx. Namkeen in, we can have a Namkeen over on the west side in Harlem, on the west side of Harlem. We can have a Namkeen in Midtown Manhattan. You know, this restaurant definitely, definitely hits on the food and the Indian food culture itself. It has a little, uh, it has a little spin, and it definitely has a lot of kick to all the dishes that you that you're gonna come across. I definitely came across a lot of them spins, but the the one that put me in a, I guess a flavor tornado was the mac and cheese with the buffalo chicken on top and drizzled with mint chutney. And I'm telling you, yes, oh man. I, 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 a lot of mac and cheese fans that I know, they say it's good, it has a good volume and base. And the mint chutney, very, it gives it that sweet and savory texture that even with the um, spiciness of the uh, buffalo sauce, it, it, just, it just makes, it just like dulls it down to the point you just feel like you're you just mixed sweet baby rays and um like uh yeah you mix sweet baby rays and maybe the queso from um chipotle together and boom you and decide to throw it on a sandwich yeah it, it, it actually I, I actually did that and it actually does taste good so that's why i did that comparison so definitely guys um, very affordable. It's a carry. It's a. They have very limited seating, and they're. Um, you can if you don't want to sit, you know, you're like on the go. You can also do carry out. So I highly recommend definitely checking this out. Um, don't do the carry out with the mac and cheese. Please don't. That 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 would totally that totally be rude to the mac and cheese. You know, it's best. It's something. The, that dish that they, they have there is best served and meant to be eaten while you're there. And yeah, they're also on all, um, Namkeen is also on local uh, food delivery apps. Definitely could check, definitely could have it delivered to your home. And trust me, I've, I've sampled it in, my own happy abode. Of course, I didn't do have them delivered to me. I just went there, picked it up, and brought it home. Took an Uber back, though. Did take an Uber back. <laughs> but, yeah. I gotta say, Namkeen is definitely, definitely a gem. One of many of the new gems that are entering Brooklyn that should definitely be checked out, not looked over. Yeah.
I highly suggest you guys definitely check it out and feel free definitely to, if you order the mac and cheese, do not feel free to also ask for an extra amount of mint chutney for those who may not like spice too much. Definitely ask for an extra amount of mint chutney on the side. It won't, and just to give you the heads up, it will not throw it off. It will give you, just like I described it, you will get that same taste and reaction. You know, even if you overdo it on the mint and chutney, you're still going to get the same taste, kick, flavor tornado, and everything. And it won't kill your pockets. So on that note, I'm going to move out. I'm, you know, I'm going to head out of Brooklyn. And if y'all want to join me on my next time I'm there, feel free to message me. All right. So as we said before, this episode is going to be more about the movies that shaped our childhood. So we have five movies each. And, you know, I'll begin this time. And the first movie I'm going to talk about is a movie that came out in 1993, and it was called Rookie of the Year. Now, this movie was about a young kid who was playing baseball. He was trying to get a ball, fell down, broke his arm. And when he broke his arm, he had it in a cast upright for so long that his tendons got super tight. And with that, he was able to go from being a regular kid to suddenly being a kid with a 90-something mile an hour fastball that could now pitch in the major leagues. Uh, This movie is just a, it was a fun movie where it was just so crazy. The manager would never remember the kid's name, so he'd say, like, Roland Gardner, Horace Mangler, stuff like that. All the, the cast of characters was great. It also was one of those movies where it featured some real-time MLB players. You know, you'd see, like, Ken Griffey. He struck out Ken Griffey, and Ken Griffey was like, whoa, like Ken Griffey Jr., not Ken Griffey Sr., no. Uh, this movie, the reason I love it is, well, it reminded me of another movie that I loved, but it didn't really resonate with, which was The Sandlot. Like, I love The Sandlot. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But the reason oh, why I picked Rookie of the Year is simply because with Rookie of the Year, it focused more on the professional side of baseball even when I wasn't necessarily a professional player because I loved pro baseball and to me you know rookie of the year was the great uh was just a great example of this team this kid amazing uh and there are other baseball movies that I love a little that I love a lot more than this you know major league being one of them uh 
The issue is those movies came when I was a teenager. I watched those movies when I was a teenager. I watched those movies when I was an adult. You can't get the same kind of feeling from a movie as when you watch it when you're a kid. And this movie was one of those movies that was on a lot when I was a kid. And I just remembered how at the end of the movie, he ended up catching a ball in Little League and everybody was celebrating and he raises his fist up and you see he's got a World Series ring on and how that was a great ending about how, yeah, if I break my arm, I can get to the World Series. I never broke my arm, so obviously that plan failed. But I still remember and love that movie. It also had John Candy as an announcer. And he was hilarious yeah. in that movie. Yeah. Even For the time real. when he went up to pitch. Where when he did, when he went up to hit. When he went up to hit. And you know, pitcher was complaining like he's got no strike zone. How am I supposed to throw it in there? <laughs> and he got walked. And then he ended up with a he ended up scoring a run by running it in <laughs> and he couldn't outrun the guy behind him and he's like the guy the professional player was like move up move up and he's like i'm running as fast as i can it it was a pure <laughs> guilty pleasure movie that's yeah, the reason why i love it that's the reason why i I really connected with that movie. And yeah, that, that was one of the movies that shaped my love of baseball that I still carry to this day. So, John, how about you go into your first movie that helped shape your childhood? Well, the first movie that helped shape my childhood, which I, I highly recommend a lot of people should allow their children to watch, and it, it will definitely help them with being brave and if no i'm not talking about the disney movie brave the movie i'm talking about which i think a lot of people forgotten about is the brave little toaster now the brave little toaster had had done a lot for me growing up as a kid because i was yeah, I was a, I was literally a coward. I'm 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 going to be honest, full through. Yes, I. You could if you were to see me today, you you look at how could you have been a coward? Like literally, explain to me what scared you about that or that or that or that, and I would literally be able to give you a very abstract and graphic description, and it it come off as crazy. And insane. But yeah, <laughs> definitely the Brave Little Toaster helped me um, face my mat, the, um, the fear that was, face the fear within me that got helped by my sense of imagination. You know, I, I actually, watching the Brave Little Toaster helped me. Um, not give not just help give me courage didn't just help give me courage but it helped give me like that extra little mm, 
you know, like, you know how, like, whenever you see, like, in certain movies, like, you, yeah, you have him as a scaredy cat. What is the one thing that's going to spark him? You know, to being brave. And I have to say, The Little Toaster is one of the many movies that helped me, like, channel, channel the courage deep, deep inside me to just, just explode on putting me onto so much and even uh, helped me through um, my fears even today with like trying certain, trying new things, trying certain foods, you know? I mean, I remember as a kid just watching the Brave Little Toaster, seeing how the foods would, the animated foods talked for a while being so fear of certain foods, you know, not seeing the next movie, which was the Brave Little Toaster um, to the rescue, um, where the um, in the first one, the child from the first one is now going to college. And yeah, I gotta say that one helped me really get the get the um, gears and uh, the bravery factory going. Because I literally, I not only, you know, Deanne Oliver is the voice of the toaster and Blanky is uh, Tommy Hudson. Like those two characters, just the voice of those two characters just really like gave me that push and motivation to like, not just look upon them like in my mind as two characters helping me over, you know, get over a fear. No, it, it just opened my mind to looking at other heroes that I looked up to in the animated universe to back me up, to, to give me that extra oomph. Like, hell, if the toaster can overcome traveling from one place to another just to um, be by his master's aid, then shoot, I can do the same thing. I can, I can, I can get all. I can face my fear, and not just face my fear, but make my fear my best weapon. You know, whether whether I, my fear is my biggest fear used to be at, at a time when I was watching these movies, I had a very bad state. I had very bad stage fright. I was scared to perform in front of others. And I always got, ner I would always get nervous no matter what, to the point I wouldn't do anything correct. And everybody was like, no, that was a good show. You did a good job. And I'm like, no, I didn't. Nope, I did not do a good job. I did not do what I was supposed to do. I was so scared. I didn't do what I was supposed to do, but it became entertaining. So my first movie, I give it up to the little toaster because it helped me um, face my fears of so much that a six to ten year old has to fear. And that is my first movie that helped shape my life. All right, John. Well, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I. I, I 
I don't like really like to talk about it because you know it's, it was such a movie that everyone forgets. Like every time I mentioned it, people look at me like, "Wait, what movie?" And I'm like, y- "You're not serious, are you?" No, I'm, I remember Brave. Brave. I remember Brave Little Toaster. It was nice. It was a good movie. It was a good yeah. movie. You know, and I think my second movie is also a good movie because um, you know I was just listening to what you were saying, and I gotta say, you know, I think as we listen to each other's hearts, you'll find you're never really far apart. You know, and maybe love is the reason why. You know, because the first time ever i'm seeing it eye to eye you know and if you don't know what that is i don't think we can be friends because that is the famous power line song from the 1990 movie well not 1990 uh i believe it was 95 that the movie came out in but the 1995 movie a goofy movie a goofy movie yes it is it was heavily loved by many people uh it it has one of the best uh end theme songs ever in the tevin campbell uh led eye to eye which i say can go and match any single disney song you know toe to toe even ones from the lion king because that power line song was just so good. Uh, but I think the reason why the Goofy movie helped shape my childhood is because at the core of it, a Goofy movie is about a story between a father and their son. And the father trying to connect with the son and the son growing up. And eventually, you know, the two coming together and really having, you know, a, a good time. And I that resonated with me. You know, as a kid, you know, mm-hmm. you try and connect with your dad, and you're not necessarily sure if, you know, you're doing things right. And, you know, it. you get that moment where it just clicks, where everything starts going well. And I know that's not the experience everybody else has. You know, some people are never able to click with their parents. So I I look at a Goofy movie and definitely just reminds me of, like, good times with between me and my dad. Um, also, I think for a lot of people, a Goofy movie definitely resonates with you uh, if you are, you know, black or African-American because... When you see the characters in a goofy movie, you're like, yeah, I know who those characters are. I, I know mm-hmm. who Max is. I know, you know, I've seen people who are in my life like that. It also yeah. reminds me, you know, don't worry about what people think about you as long as you're happy with who you are. Right. And you're a good person because Goofy has haters. Mm-hmm. Like his neighbor, a lot. his neighbor hates him, hates him. Yeah, and he doesn't hate his neighbor. He's like, "Hey, man, yeah. you do you. I'm gonna do me. I'm having a good yeah. life. I'm happy." Yes. And 
you know, it just, it's such a poignant movie for a guy, a dad, who's really trying to reconnect with mm-hmm. his son. And then they find new things to connect over. And just power line. Just power line. It's yes, power it's, line at all, yeah. It is one of those songs where if you haven't heard it before, you realize, oh, this song is really good. Where was this? And you're like, oh, this was in an animated movie in the 90s for Disney. And you're like, what? No, it wasn't. And then they show you the, and you're like, oh, man, this song was mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. So yeah, that is why that movie resonates with me. Mm-hmm. In regards to a goofy movie, and I'm gonna let you talk about your second movie, John. Okay, so being that um, we're on my second movie, I gotta tell you people. Um, not many people know, but um, I know Kennedy. You definitely don't know this, but I love hockey. Yeah. And the one reason why I love hockey the most because it was not just because my father introduced it to me and if he was around now, he would say the same thing. His love of hockey is not because I introduced it to him. No. (laughs) So my second movie is D2 The Mighty Ducks. Now, D2 The Mighty Ducks is is the sequel to the original movie, The Mighty Ducks, where they're now a fully gelled um, team of players now on, now out seeking out to take on the world of the Olympics, where they meet and partner up with new people and add new people to the team. One, in particular, a Keenan Thompson. <laughs> and I gotta say, when I saw that movie, I was, it was a movie that resonated with me a lot because, not just because I had a love of hockey, is because at the time, I really, really, really seriously had a sibling rivalry with my own sister when it came to everything. So when we f- first saw the movie D2, she was like, yeah, she, she, she was literally all about the um, kind of the protagonist villain, the, um, I, think, uh, I think it was, um, they were like a Russian team or Ukrainian team. But yeah, I gotta say, this movie definitely resonated a lot with me because it taught me that just finding, just meeting new people in general, you find more, you figure out more about who you are as of yourself. And that's why I really liked um, D2, The Mighty Ducks, because not only did, did it just help me um expand my love of the sport but it helped me with me and my sibling actually like you know bond and came to agreeing for the first time 
for the first time, my, my sister agreed to take me to a soccer, well, not soccer, but take me to a field hockey game and just, be, you know, just having an older sibling be there to like, you know, push me to be like, you like this sport so much. I mean, it ain't like you can get on ice, but you got a pair of rollerblades and I know you're good with those. So here's your stick. Go have fun. And I mean, I had a lot of fun that day and it just transcended. Like that was like our go-to thing. Like my sister would tell me at times, uh, get your skates, get your hockey stick. Uh, we're going um, downtown to uh, Astor Place. And I was like, what's down in Astor Place? Well, they have a big park and uh, a group of people that um, I know from my school, they go down there, they play field hockey. And I'm like, you mean like roller hockey? Like you introduced me to and told me it was field hockey? Yeah, yeah, roller hockey. That's what it was? I was like, yeah. You, you, you took me to a roller hockey to be in a, participate in a roller hockey game, not field hockey. Field hockey is when you're on your feet. Roller hockey when you're on blades. She was like, oh, you taught me something new. And I was like, oh, okay, well, she definitely love hockey now. <laughs> Mind you, my sister really does. We, 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 we share common desires in sports, but um, she's not that great of a hockey fan. But she does support me for my love of the game and D2 Mighty Ducks is de was definitely one of the many movies that um shaped my life taught me to be courageous taught me not to it actually re it really taught me not to be to um ignorant to be honest to like other cultures you know cuz every culture has a key to just sparking up something within ourselves that we probably couldn't do without that culture. So yeah, that's why I feel D2 Mighty Ducks is a good movie. And that's how it shaped my life. Okay. Slap shot to you. Slap shot back to me. Or better yet, or better yet, knuckle puck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's knuckle puck time. Okay. All right. <laughs> Keenan Thompson is Keenan Thompson and us are old. Yeah, yo. But you know, not gonna. I don't think we're it. that old though. I don't think we're that old. I think it just looks like we're old, but we're just so young. I guess. Yeah, yeah. but we're just so young, man. From from knuckle pucks, we're gonna go to that to dancing for me, where. I'm going to talk about the 1997 movie, uh, Cats Don't Dance. Uh, this, this movie, I think the biggest thing that this movie did for my childhood is it broke me out of the trend for myself at the time of just watching animation if it came from a very narrow point of view. And here's what I mean. Uh, cats Don't Dance mm -hmm. movie came out in 1997. Uh, it was about a cat that wanted to break into Hollywood. And the cats were all talking. The animals all talked. Mm -hmm. And their big menace was 
this uh, this little baby or this girl that was like the star of the time and they really wanted to break out and do their own movies and at the end of it they they dance and they do their own thing and then they make their own movies oh yeah but to me the reason why this movie is so important is because this is the first movie that i can remember where unless it was because this movie came out when i was nine Unless it was Disney animation at the time, or unless it was on like my Saturday morning cartoons, I wasn't really watching cartoons that wasn't Disney or this. This was the first movie I could remember that, oh, this animated movie is so good. And I realized, oh, it's not Disney. Man, maybe there is some other stuff from outside sources. To me, that's the biggest impact this movie had. It opened my horizons. There's so many animation styles and so many great foreign films and so many great U.S.-based films that did not come from Disney that I may not have seen if it wasn't for Cats Don't Dance. You know, I, there's a movie I love. It's by, uh, it's a Miyazaki film. It's called Princess Mononoke. Um, I, I love that movie. Every time I watch it, it brings a tear to my eyes. It has so many deep and powerful themes about industrialization, about balance between nature and man, about, you know, over harvesting about being a good person all of these things are lessons in that movie and yet the only thing i can say is the only reason i was open to that experience is funny enough because of cats don't dance the first movie that i can remember that wasn't based that didn't come from disney that yeah, that didn't come from Disney because Disney dominated my early childhood. It didn't come from them, <clears throat> and it was an amazing thing. And yeah, I watched Power Rangers or stuff like that, but Power Rangers wasn't animated. Power Rangers was yeah. live action. So, yep. If you're, and if you're thinking about, well, what about like Toonami or stuff like that? That came a year or two after this. That didn't come out in the 97, 98. It came out in like 99, early 2000s. Um, and we talked about Tsunami earlier. And mm-hmm. like all that stuff built off of me watching Cats Don't Dance and fully realizing that the horizon for animation was way wider than I thought it was. So that's mm-hmm. why I'll always have a soft spot for this movie because it opened my eyes to things that I didn't even know were out there. So, uh, John, uh, I'll let, I'll tap dance into your little movie. Uh, so, talk oh, one. so I'm definitely going to tap dance, you know, get my boogie on. 
because my third movie is a 1989 classic of mine. And this movie actually was a movie that I, till this day, take, do my best to find time and watch. Even though it's it takes long for me to watch it because it's on now I got it on a DVD disc. So this movie is the 1986 classic. Well, definitely a classic to me. I don't know. Hopefully it's a classic to you and everyone else. Milo and Otis. A movie that dates back, um, that takes part in Japan where in a, on a Japanese farm where you have Milo the cat and Otis the the farm dog and their adventure and how they take on take on the world and you know find themselves it 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 it, it, it was a movie that my mom and dad really wanted me to watch on as a as something that they wanted me to take from they wanted me to take a lot from this movie and there was so much I took from it. I mean, I just, I didn't just take away from how to like meet, like engage with new people and people from other places. I just learned a lot about myself. You know, it taught me to really like dive in, like really just turn down, like rip all the red tape, kick through all, all, whatever mental block I had and really know who I am, you know, what am I capable of, you know, do, do, shoot, do I even have any superpowers, which, which is little stretching it, but yeah, I, I did kind of do that, what, you know, every time I actually watched this movie, I, it just opened up my brain to like questions every waking second, like, one of the one one of the biggest ones um that I one of the biggest things that I took from the la very last time I saw this movie was back on the Disney Channel. Yes, by the way, this is not a Disney film. It, this is a movie that was done by Fuji Films, Fuji Animation. I mean, uh uh Fuji Film Production which is a uh film production company that is in Japan. But going on, this, I learned even just how I actually came up with ways how to just talk with the opposite sex, you know? Like, anytime I, 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 I would walk up to a girl, I would just say the total opposite, not what I'm supposed to say. And... When I watched that movie, like specifically, I took what I took from the movie is how um, Milo, the cat, walks up to the uh, his the female cat, which is all literally all white, and she's like playing hard to get with him, and then he just keeps going and keeps persevering, doing everything to. Um, not just gain her attention, but win her over, you know? And I was like, he did all that 
just by befriending a dog. Wow. So I guess this movie is telling me based on the people you bring into your circle helps strengthen the person that you desire to become, you know? And I took that from, that's one of the things, that was the very last thing I took from that movie because I started, it, 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 it pushed me to actually soul searching for what my father called a friend. You know, my dad would always tell me, um, John, you don't have friends, you have associates. No, that's not your friend, that's your associate. No, that's not, that's, not, that's not your friend, that's an associate. Every single person, every single person I would bring in until a couple of people, you know, a couple of people I brought it, um, across to my father. And then, they, then he was like, that's a good friend. And I had just met the person. Like, I, I didn't know the person for maybe past a year or four years. And like, you know, some of the friends, like, uh, Kenny, you met my dad. Yeah, I think I met him once. Yeah, you met my dad once. And it was that, yeah, the one time, Kennedy, when you met my dad, I would say out of all the people that have met him in our circle, you were one of those people that my father just like blindly said to me, how long you been friends with uh, that guy Kennedy? And I was like, wait, what? You, you're asking about people that I know? Wait, did he just use the F word, like the friend word? He usually says, wait, did dad, who, who are you talking about my friend, friend-wise? Because you always say everyone, so no, who's you, how long you been friends with Kennedy? I was like, I mean, he's 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 a big friend to Aisha. You know Aisha. Yeah, yeah. Aisha's a good friend of yours. I was like, wait, wait. Whoa. Hold up. You mentioned two people. Wait, hold up. Hold up. Wait, wait, wait. Nope. Let me not get a big head here. Let me not get a big head here. Which one are you talking about? Kennedy. Okay. You said he's your friend. I agree with you on that. That that is my friend. Yes, yes, he's my friend. How long have y'all been friends? Uh, not not too long. You sure, not too long. I look like very really good friends. I was like, what what that? I'm I'm your son. Everybody's gonna look like they're they've been my friend for a while. It was like, no, I'm not. No, no, I'm I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying I I just want to know because he's a he's a really good friend. You know. And it was like right then and there, like, I was like, I felt like Milo when he first meets Otis, you know, I'm like, this is my father actually acknowledging other people I'm, I bring into my circle and he's calling them a friend. He's not saying who, um, how long have you been associated with this person? He didn't say that. He said, how long have you been friends? And at that point, it started a domino effect of 
him questioning every other person I've brought into the house and who he's seen me talk to, you know, to the point he says, oh, I saw your friend the other day. Um, he was asking about you. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, he told me he saw you. He's like, yeah, yeah, I need to get together. If you want, hey, here's some money. Go, go, go. Y'all should go hang out, go see a movie or go catch a sports game. I was like, oh, okay, Pop. Uh, yeah. You know what? I'll call him up. We'll go do that. You know? So Milo and Otis, definitely my definitely my third movie that shaped my life because it taught me a whole lot just how to interact with other people. Gave me a couple of icebreakers. Definitely gave me a couple of icebreakers. So, yeah, that's my third movie. All right, John. Well, I didn't know that. Learn yeah. something new every day. Yep. All right. Well, I think I'll go from Milo and Otis to uh, Rocky, Colt, and Tum Tum. And that, of course, is referring to a movie that I loved as a kid that actually got me into uh, martial arts when I was younger. And that was the 1992 movie Three Ninjas. Now, if you don't remember the storyline of Three Ninjas, it was a little bit like Home Alone, but involving ninjas. A little bit like Home Alone, because it was about a little bit like Home Alone, but 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 way better. Yeah, well, I'm not sure about that, but it was about these three kids who had a mom who was Asian and her grandfather was a ninja master. Her dad was a ninja master, their grandfather. So he trained them all to be ninjas. And through a series of events, they got to use their ninja skills to help save their grandfather and also beat up a whole bunch of bad guys. And this actually was a series. It had three movies in this. <laughs> With uh, Rocky, oh, yeah. Colt, and Tum Tum. This was the first one, Three Ninjas. There was uh, Three Ninjas, uh, High Noon at Mega Mountain, one that had Hulk Hogan in it. Uh, there was, no, there's four movies. Oh my God, there were four yes. Three Ninja movies. I forgot. I, four that was Three the fourth Ninja movie. That, the, yeah, the one with yeah, Hulk Hogan was the, the fourth one. Mega Mountain was a fourth movie, yeah. The and, third movie was Knuckle Up. Yeah, the third movie was Knuckle Up, where they were in Japan. No, that was the second one. Oh, the second. Wait, the third movie was the one where they were in like that Wild West town. Yeah. It, yeah. This is a. It was a weird franchise that went everywhere. <laughs> and, ha, mm -hmm. oh, that they, it, it definitely inspired me to take a. Uh, martial arts when i was a kid because i was like i can be like them and not realizing real life is real life where you're not gonna get so many guys who are just gonna stand there and let you kick them but yeah I, I'm, I'm happy that i was in it and i'm happy for those movies because it definitely gave me confidence to even try something new in the first place and that's what i'll remember it for and the dumb things that they would do in the movie 
and their names, their nicknames of Rocky, Colt, and Tum Tum. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, you know what my favorite part of that movie was? What? Rocky Love Emily. Rocky Wasn't Love Wasn't that the third Emily. movie? No, no, that was in the first one. It was? Rocky Love Emily. Oh, okay. Yeah, Rocky I thought, Love I thought they were talking Emily. about the the girl when they would go to Japan. And they're... Oh, uh, no, 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 no. I'll, I'll take your word. That, I haven't seen Even though movie. they put her... You gotta watch it again, cause they, yo, I gotta give it up to Tum Tum. That dude had bars, man. Tum Tum had bars, yo. I mean, I guess. I mean, it was it was yo. a very simple one, but you know what? Hey, at least, at least they were, at least they didn't go out and were bullies and were just beating everyone up. Facts. Even though they could. You know. Even though they could. The three ninjas always practiced discretion. They mm-hmm. didn't just out and out beat up anybody. The only people that were beaten up were adults. True. But yeah, I think I'll end my fourth one uh, there while you go to another movie that I know definitely had some high kicks in it for you, John. Oh, yeah. So the movie I've talked about, I've talked about plenty of times, and this movie is yet again the last dragon starring as everyone knows time matt now this movie really shaped my life because like y'all like i told you brave little toaster was doing his thing you know i lit i literally got to the point where brave little like i still have a i used to have the before it went through it's it was literally waved the white flag and said it was done i literally had a toaster that i would i called my reliable toaster you know i even like when i left when um my mom and my mom had got us had got me and my brothers and my brother me and my sister she took us in up to yonkers and we had a place in Yonkers. I took that toaster with us. My dad was like, no, you don't have to take the toaster with you. The toaster will be here. You know, whenever you need something, the toaster will be here. And I'm like, dad, no, this toaster's coming with me. The brave little toaster can 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 scale um miles just to get to a kid. I'm not letting this toaster do the same thing for me. No, the toaster comes with me along with the VCR and my own television. Yes, these, these things give me courage. That is what I said. <laughs> but it inspired my dad to introduce me to The Last Dragon. And <clears throat> of course, I've, I was introduced to a whole lot of other movies. Like, um, he also introduced me to a lot of other movies. One of many, uh, The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Didn't have the same effect as The Last Dragon. Now, now, The Last Dragon, what spoke out to me about The Last Dragon is like, you got this kid coming from Harlem. And, it, you know, it was a regular kid. You know, he, he grew up having problems with other kids, didn't know how to communicate well with other people. So his parents introduced him to martial arts. And through martial arts, he learned how to associate, how to talk, how to engage, 
you know, and because he had a common interest in the martial arts, he found other people who share that same common interest in the martial arts. My common interest was, at the time before I seen the movie, was the real Ghostbusters, um, superhero, DC superheroes, and Jello. And the many ways you can have an awesome PB&J sandwich. Yes, I, I have many ways of how you can have an awesome PB&J sandwich. And I tell you, The Last Dragon helped, just really helped me on a whole lot because I didn't really like, at, when my parents tried to get me into martial arts at first, I wasn't a, I, I immediately gave up all interest in it after getting kicked hard in the ribs at a tournament <laughs> and getting a, uh, getting a medal of um, participation. I called it a medal participation. My sensei said, no, you won that medal for the fight. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, because I got angry. And that's the only way I won the fight, <laughs> you know. But after watching the movie and how Ty Mac, you know, takes his what he learned from his sensei and applies it to like how he, you know, you know, went through the rest of his life, he applied every teaching. You know, I felt like you know. I figured maybe I should give martial arts a second chance, and I did. And I managed to go all the way through martial arts. I actually got my green tips, um, was almost getting my green belt, but I didn't make it to graduation because I got sick. So, yeah, the last round was definitely something that shaped my life because it gave me it was the one trigger that got me more into to give martial arts a second chance and not just give it a second chance, but apply the lessons it had to teach me to my actual life. Like you see Ty Mac, he is protagonist Shona, a dude that was all about showboating and, you know, bullying, really. And I had a lot of shown ups growing up, a whole lot. I still got shown ups till this day that I have to constantly face. You know, I've shown ups in the workforce I have to face. I have shown ups in life I come across. I walk out this house, I'm going to probably run into six shown ups, and then I'm going to have to tap into the glow. And then I'm going to be like, look, I'm the master. I tried to warn you. I tried to tell you like three times, but you didn't, you didn't, no, no, you, you didn't get it. So, yeah. The Last Dragon is my fourth movie that shaped my life and is a movie that will continue to resonate in my heart to the point I pass it on to a movie that, it's a movie that I passed on to all my nieces and nephews. And yeah, I say it gave a, it, it definitely brought a lot of good results because, like, a lot of my nieces and nephews, they, 
not not only see the what the movie taught me, but they see that it's something that also resent it also teaches gives them a heads up and teaches them things that's going on in their lives with this you know in this new society we live in. So yeah. Plus I met Ty Mac and I was so happy when I met him. I literally froze. All right. Well, I'll go into my uh, last movie. And this one is probably the most important movie of these five simply because this movie helped me go in the profession I'm in. And that is the 1995 movie Hackers. Uh, Full disclosure, Hackers is not a good movie. The the storyline is bad. The acting is uh, okay. The yeah, reason why Hackers though became a cult classic is because it looks great. The characters may not be great actors, but they were definitely cool. And mm-hmm. the funny thing is, some of those things that they were talking about in regards to hackers were actual hacking techniques that were done back in those days. I remember when Mm -hmm. I was in high school and I went to this event called the uh, National Youth Leadership Forum for Technology. It was in San Francisco. I flew out there on my own, came back. It was actually the time when I got my cell phone because I didn't have a cell phone Mm. before then. I got one so that way my parents could call me if anything happened, even though I was in, since I was going to be in San Francisco. And I'd seen hackers before that, and I loved it. And when I was talking with a whole bunch of people from different parts of the country, from different backgrounds, different races, all that stuff. And I mentioned, I said, well, the thing that really got me into computer science was the movie Hackers. Everyone knew what I was talking about. And this was a group of like 40 people that were all on my floor. And they were like, Hackers? Oh, we all love Hackers. Everyone has seen Hackers. You can't be in our profession and not have seen Hackers. And it just kind of spread. And I found out that Whenever they would ask people, have you seen the movie Hackers? They were like, yeah, we've all seen the movie Hackers. Of course we've seen the movie Hackers. That's what helped get us into this. So for a, I know that maybe not for kids growing up now, Hackers is the movie that they point to. They have better sources that they can point to that go over computer science, better TV shows, better movies, better everything in regards to that. But for mm-hmm. for people of my age in their 30s i truly think right. hackers was the movie that you could all point to and say oh yeah we've all seen that movie and we all know that for a lot of people it helped get us into the profession that we were in even at my mm-hmm. old job there are people who've watched hackers at my new job there are people who've seen Hackers and remember that movie. It's not something that's going to be for people who are younger, but 
If you haven't seen it, I implore you, watch the movie Hackers. You will enjoy it, I think, just as a fun, surreal movie where you'll know none of some of these things are absolutely not true. Some of these things might be a little bit truer than we think, but the, the visuals, just the feel of it, just makes you feel like you wanted to be in that profession. And that's, mm-hmm. that's probably the biggest thing I can say. Like hackers helped influence my decision of what I wanted to do with my life. And I don't regret it. So I'll say thank you, hackers. You terrible movie. You definitely changed my life. Uh, and uh, for that, I'll let you go into uh, your fifth movie, John. Yes. Yeah, so my fifth movie involves a man that is the man. The man. I mean, sure, anybody could probably say you know this their their idol is the the man but no this person in particular is the idol of idols and the movie is the movie that literally I I I can say you know how can you always get at me about my luck when it comes to celebrities yeah this movie, I think, sparked that luck. And that movie is Sidekicks. Yes. Starring Chuck Norris. Yes. Oh, yeah. And I really like this movie um, because when I was growing up, I, w- I was always saying to my parents, if I just, just please, Lord, if I just had that one opportunity to meet, like, my heroes, like, what would we do? And I'm telling you, my mind was everywhere about the possibilities if I met my heroes, whether they were heroes in music, heroes in actual, you know, like, whether they were my heroes in politics, whether they were my heroes. Heroes in sports, I was like, yo, I, I wonder, like, what great thing I could, what great story would I be able to tell about me meeting, about me finally running into this hero and meeting this hero, meeting my heroes? And I actually got an opportunity to be one of um, uh, my iconic heroes. And I think I mentioned this to Kennedy uh, when I got to meet Ludacris. Uh, I remember you saying that you met Ludacris, yeah. Yeah. So I got to meet, I I just achieved um, getting my security license. And I took a job working at Stage 48. And they they, they had a music event going on. Um, my head guard didn't tell me all of them, but I ended up getting surprised that day when I saw an old college friend of mine 
And I'm like, oh, yo, long time no see, man. What's up, Jose? How you doing, brother? Long time. And uh, person's name is not Jose, but I'm just saying it is Jose to protect his name and all. And it was just like, like I felt like I'm just going through my college years, you know. Now I'm a security guard, and you know, meeting him, meeting, kicking it with him. We would just had talked about what new things we're doing in our lives, what we've achieved. And then he says how, you know, with, you know, his um, achievement in music has really gone up. And one thing he was telling me, he was like, yo, I talk a lot about, you know, me and you when we used to hang out. Like the stuff and stories you would tell us about, you know, when you went here and what you went through when you went there. And I was like, wait, what specific stories did you tell? He was like, okay, so he told um, a couple of bandmates about the time, and he was hilariously telling them about the time I, when I first went out of New York and it was just me and my sister. We, we went to um, Virginia to stay with my, uh, my cousins and I told I tell that story I was telling him and he told it down to the last detail like every funny hilarious thing even to the like the ending the iconic ending when I come home like before we me and my sister go come back home from Virginia my mom shows up to um, technically pick us up to bring us back to New York. But the night I get into this iconic fight with my own cousin and like before we have the fight, I take a nap where I'm like literally next to one of my heroes. And like he's saying like, yo, you're going to go out. You're going to have fun with your family. And if you, y'all get into a little conflict, you know, that's how family is. And he was t- telling me how he told people that. And I was like, oh, so who's your new bandmates? Was it a rock band? You're in? He's like, no, um, I actually play uh, music. Um, I actually... I'm associated with the rapper Ludacris. And I'm like, what? Like, you know I like that artist. He's like, yeah, I'll, um, uh, yeah. Wait, you really like his, his music? I was like, yeah, I love his music. Ludacris music, yo, I could say the first time I heard What's Your Fantasy, I was like, shoot, let me ask a girl, what is a fantasy? You know? <laughs> Not saying I did that, but I, I I thought about it a lot of times, um, but yeah, I was just like, I was wowed, you know. And the opportunity came, like he he was like, "Yo, I'm gonna tell um the group, you know, like I got my boy here, you know, he want to meet y'all." And he 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 had he set it up where I met the whole um group, you know, DDP. Disturbing the Peace. I met the whole Disturbing the Peace crew from Lil Fade. Um, 
I twenty. Um, I got to see Shauna. I got to like literally. I got to literally meet the whole um, disturbing in peace. And I, I even had a conversation with Little Face. Like, yeah, yeah, my boy. Um, you with uh, um, one of the bandmates, right? You a friend of one of them? I was like, yeah. He's like, yo, what line you like? I was like, okay. The line that I, I love the most is when um, on the track you do with uh, Ludacris growing pains. And he was like, you really like that one? I was like, yo, let's do it again. And he was like, oh, hey, wait, which one is that from? And I'm like, um, honestly, I think it was the remixed video, if I'm correct. He was like, ah, so, you know, you, you really are a fan. I was like, yeah, I am, man. Shoot. And then I met Ludacris. I got to, you know, I, I, I was just like overwhelmed with joy because like the movie Sidekicks, you know, he really gets to meet his idol. His idol is Chuck Norris. And he goes through life like um imagining these adventures with him saving um his like whether it's from saving his girlfriend or defeating a really uh a teacher he had um that upset and ruined his whole day you know i gotta say sidekicks was one of the many movies that um shaped my life even sparked this miraculous power that I have of running into um, not just celebrities, but celebrities that I count as like, okay, this person's like a hero to me, in other words. You know? Definitely like the movie Sidekicks. Um, it's about uh, this boy who literally desires to meet Chuck Norris and he gets his uh he gets his wish at a uh at a citywide tournament. My movie sidekicks really did shape my life and my childhood. Okay, so uh, that's it, guys, for us talking about movies that uh, built up our childhood. So, John, tell people where to find you. So, you could find me, more likely, definitely, eating good, not bad, eating good. And feel free to hit me up on Instagram, where you will find me, Fat Man Love Anime NYC21. Feel free to uh, message me. Especially if you have a restaurant in mind you want me to check out, or you want to just join me on one of my um, foodie runs where I go and check out different restaurants in different parts of the NYC, soon to be checking different parts of the United States. If you guys want to talk with me, you can find me where the podcast is, so... You can find me and you can email me on the two sides podcast at gmail.com. That's T W O S I D E Z podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at two sides of a coin. You can find us on Twitter at two sides of. 
You can listen to the podcast on Spotify, and you can also listen to it on Podbean. So, guys, we really appreciate you guys, appreciate what you're doing, appreciate you listening and your support, and we will talk to you later. Catch you later.